Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Tanya, the VP of Engineering at AppNeta, and we discuss why companies of all sizes can benefit from network monitoring, what makes a great VP of Engineering, and tips for conducting interviews when hiring for the first time. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Do you do music? I uh, spent 11 years playing violin. Oh, cool. A little bit of piano, but uh, violin my, was my primary instrument. Uh, 11 years of school, but then I moved to Canada and the violin stayed back, back in Russia, where I'm originally That's awesome. from. Yeah. I love, uh, love the, the industry, definitely. Some beautiful pieces out there. So how did you get started in tech? Were you doing tech and music at the same time? Or was there some transitionary period? No, um, nothing like that. So the music was primarily for, you know, uh, just a side uh, interest, or I guess like parents more uh, in, in insistent. We, we really finished the, um, the music, uh, musical element. The technology, um, I always loved mass. You know, the the numbers, the math, the um, uh, the puzzles. The like, there is this analytical element of how things work behind the scene. You know, like you click button, what actually happens. So that was always um, kind of an area of interest for me. So then I went to school. Uh, I actually studied the physics and uh, radio engineering. Um, and in there, I got my first job uh, within Parallels. And again, around uh, automation, uh, business automation, I then joined um, bigger companies, uh, telecoms, where they had a massive, really interesting systems integrating with each other, you know, operational uh, support system, business support systems, multiple different third parties coming together, talking through one messaging bus. So that was my uh, area of focus back then. And then I moved to Canada. And Abnera was actually the first company, first and actually only company uh, for me within Canada. You know, when you move to a new country, it's a new, it's a new language, it's a new culture, it's pretty much everything new. So I figured I gotta get a job and try to um, to find my wealth through through this community. Um, so I joined. When I joined Abneta, the, the team was smaller, uh, and I wasn't even uh, on a leadership role then. I was as a, I joined as test engineer shortly after because, again, I'm always curious how things work deeper inside, not just what you see in surface, but really what's happening behind the scenes, how the, the cogs are turning or what process is running in the background. Um, so that got me to, you know, my probably curiosity and uh, an interest got me into the uh, team lead position. From there, very shortly, uh, I took on a QA management role. I didn't stay too long in there as one of uh, our full stack teams was left without a leader and I was offered to, um, to take as an engineering manager. 
So I joined uh, the team and I led the team uh, of really smart engineers. Uh, that was probably the biggest uh, reasonable change in my career. You know, when you're going from doing things yourself uh, into doing the same things, but not yourself, but through the team of, you know, like a, uh, running a team and leading a team through, uh, through all the challenges. So after taking it over the team, very shortly we started getting, you know, the most challenging issues or projects or business impactful um, POCs or again uh, features. And in a couple of years, I was promoted to senior management role. And early this year, I took on a, a new chapter in my uh, career and a bigger role so far as a VP of engineering with Apneta. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. So what was one of the biggest challenges you experienced that first time going from individual contributor to manager? Right. As I was saying, you go from, I can do things very fast. You know, like there is a saying, if you want to do something good, you do it yourself. And the biggest change is you're not doing it any yourself anymore. You're doing it through means of others. So this is where coming a big element of leading a team, being clear of what what the goal is about. You know what, how the the journey looks like. When is it? When? How do we even know that we re reach the destination? And uh, how much time is it okay to take to go through? You know from from point zero all the way until the finish. So that was the biggest change, um, again, like from doing it myself into ensuring everyone is clear uh, what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, while keeping the bar high, uh, the quality bar high, uh, of course, and uh, ensuring that, you know, the roadblocks removed or noticing actually um, when people need help or, you know, like someone really struggling and helps helping them through one way or another. There is never one answer that fits all the people. We're all the different and teams are extremely different. Um, there are different backgrounds, there are different skills, there are different uh, interests. And finding what works for this particular person in this particular case uh, was another challenge to uh, to solve. So what are some strategies you have for keeping up to date with how your team is feeling and doing and, and making sure you're on the same page with them and you know when they're struggling and how you can help? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, as pandemic hit, uh, the reality has changed. And what worked for us back when we all were in the offices, you can can see each other in real life, have this, uh, hey, how was your weekend? Even a small chat, you know, and there while you're grabbing a coffee, it disappeared, right? So we needed to adjust and find new ways of uh, exactly figuring out, out how team's feeling, how how is that person on the other connection doing? Um, so what we, and of course, some of it, like it or not, reached through constant communication, whether it's a, it's a Zoom meeting or a quick Slack or uh, what we uh, introduced for our teams, um, a water cooler conversations. You know, there is a team Slack that we call uh, small talk. 
tunnels. And uh, we'd just drop a picture of kids or how I spent my weekend effectively and the conversation would just get going. Um, uh, as you, but we in Apnera, within engineering, we adopt agile uh, frameworks and agile principles. So every day we effectively start with a stand-up. So what we did very, very soon was um, among all the teams, you know, whether it's leadership team or uh, engineering team, a smaller full stack team, uh, we would start first Monday as we all uh, come from weekends. So how was your weekend? You know, like before jumping into any business problems or like day-to-day -day things, we just like pause and just, just chat. There are also some um, hobby-focused channels uh, there is we bake, there are dogs, there is cats. So anything that can really help connect people outside of, you know, individual project, uh, we tried to unveil it and bring it to the, to the teams. That's awesome. Speaking of, uh, speaking of pets, one of our sales people on our team, she has like 10 dogs or something. And she just got a pig, like a little baby pig. And so she'll like hold that on the, on the zoom team calls. And it's so, so great to see the pig and like every couple of weeks, is, see him again. That is so bigger. awesome. <laughs> yeah. The most unique pet I've heard of. <laughs> yeah. And he seems cute. He plays with the other dogs. Um, Very and, nice. <laughs> but so I already know about Apneta because I had the privilege of speaking with your colleague, Mike, but um, yeah. for the audience, can you talk a little bit about Apneta? What's, what's the product about? Yeah, Apneta is uh, the leading network performance monitoring solution for the distributed enterprises. We deliver visibility into the end user experience of any application from any location at any time. So with our Appnetta Performance Manager SaaS-based solution, IT and network operations teams can quickly pinpoint issues that affect network or uh, business critical applications um, for, for their end users or maybe remote offices. Very cool. So I know you said that Appnetto was your first job after you moved to Canada. What's kept you there the whole time? What do you like about it? Yeah, that's a good question. So we, you know, Appnetto is, um, is not big uh, company. And, you know, like this is a question that I'm being asked the most during the interviews that I conduct. And everyone is curious, you know, like, so why do you see Appnetto? So again, we're not a big team. Engineering is around 40 people, but we have big ambitions, you know, and among those who are on the team, my team or my, my colleagues' teams, every single person is extremely smart, curious, and dedicated. Uh, they all work hard and they solve extremely interesting and challenges, challenging problems. And it is great pleasure to work among the people who who challenge you, who enable you to grow and, and learn, and such a smart people, some, such a smart engineers. We have interesting domain and uh, rather in sort of very unique uh, market. So again, as I was saying, it's always been interesting and, and challenging. So it never gets bored after all. And last but not least, Apneta puts people first. And 
on any position that I've held, you know, or um, whether it's a direct contributor, uh, individual contributor, or like a um, first leadership roles, every decision that our executive team makes, we can feel it. You know, and for me, from again, like every rank, I, I can feel it as well, whether it's a life balance or fantastic programs that uh, the leadership team introduced as we moved to navigate through the pandemic. Uh, so that makes uh, makes it really rewarding to stay at a place where we value it as a, as a human beings. That's awesome. And uh, I remember when I was talking to Mike, he mentioned that you guys had a hackathon coming up. Did that happen, or uh, can you can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, the hackathon is uh, we held. It happened. It happened late September, and that was our second second annual hackathon. So, hackathon Apneta style is is an event that's held within primarily engineering team. Although this time, because again, like we all remote and there are not a lot of opportunities um, to to work together outside of you know like a focused uh, team environment so we really um uh, asked people like engineers to reach outside reach out to customer facing teams to sales teams to marketing teams any function outside the engineering um, to to assemble a team and uh, come up with an idea and try and actually make it make it real so the teams um we didn't ask for teams to stay within four to five uh people because going beyond it becomes a tiny crowd and a little bit even like from time management uh perspective it's a little bit tricky uh to to manage um this time we had 30 uh 36 hours for folks to go through ideation, POC creation, execution, and then presentation cycle. Uh, so teams, and we had a really fantastic time and a really fun time uh, joining the, the demos. So at the end of a, a hackathon, um, teams asked to present, you know, what they came up with. And the um, the end result is very simple. It's got to be either a functional prototype or um, a front-end facade with some mocked uh, back-end. So we still want a code to compile at least and be a little bit interactive as possible. And then there is showtime. You know, at the end of this 36 hour, uh, the whole company joins Zoom. And we, uh, which presenters show off what they came up with and were able to create. There are awards at the end, and uh, we usually employ our executive leaders to help uh, select the team for a particular award. Uh, this year, we had three different awards. So, Hakosans are themed events. So, we have one theme different, of course, for different uh, event. And then one of the awards is exploring how well the, the teams um, connected their projects or their ideas to the theme, to the problem effectively of event, and how able, uh, how well they were able to kind of unpack it and uncover. Uh, the second award, as you might guess, technology exploration, right? 
we don't just want to give people ability to to get curious to create but also explore the technologies because there are so many new technologies out there and this is also a great opportunity to you know roll up your sleeves and give it a try actually in uh and put it into practical use and the final award we had this year was uh, People's Choice Award. So we asked everyone who attended which team's product or which team they most liked. And uh, that became a third, uh, third award. That's awesome. What were some of the cool projects that came out of it? So some of them are, you know, looking at all the data. Uh, that we have, Abneta collects a lot of data and we analyze and we allow end users to, you know, pinpoint where the problem is. So some of the projects look at the data and try to present it through the different lenses. You know, either it's a new cool dashboard or an in, in interactive way to monitor one of your targets or pinpoint your application and um, identify what is important for you specifically at given time and how you can get alerts or maybe uh, look at it from a different lens, um, something that you not necessarily can able to do within a performance manager at this point. Some teams explored it from a different angle and approached um, uh, the data and the solution through the um, operations team's perspective. Hey, I have a maintenance window, for example. Why don't I, you know, put some rules around what alerts I would like to see or what I don't like to see? Because if I know there is a maintenance happening, well, I do expect some systems to be, you know, maybe showing a poor performance or being unavailable. So another team's explored a little bit in this direction. And some took a very deep, really deep look at to, to the core uh, engine, the monitoring engine, and explored ways of, you know, introducing maybe a different angle of monitoring that uh, end users can benefit of. So uh, all of these were fantastic projects done in just 36 hours. Uh, you can believe how much people can actually do in 36 hours. But uh, we all were inspired by um, what is possible ahead of us. And uh, maybe even down the road, we, uh, we might see some of these projects coming to, um, to light as part of the performance manager offerings. That's really cool. And I'm sure it's really rewarding for the teams if uh, their projects do end up making it into like the official offerings. Like, hey, I started that in 36 hours, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So was this the first hackathon you guys did remotely or did you do that? I, oh, I'm, I'm sure we're over a year into the pandemic now. It's easy to forget that. So probably the second one, right? <laughs> yeah. So this was the second one and the first one we also did all remote. Cool. Actually, we never done a, a hackathon in real life. So, so when when the offices or like the life is somewhat back to normal, that will definitely be something for us to explore. And I'm sure it will look absolutely different from, from the last ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be really interesting to evaluate how it's different in real life and, and see what's better, what's, what's not better. Um, 
in that sense. But I do want to talk a little bit about um, work from home, work from anywhere in general, because I'm sure as you, your business is network monitoring, I'm sure it, it affects it a lot. Um, but how is work from anywhere impacting the day-to-day for uh, people in VP engineering roles at, at various companies like yourself? Yeah, well, good question. As, um, as I mentioned before, when pandemic hit, you know, we all realized that what used to work for us, all our habits, all, all things that we would do, you know, without thinking, didn't work. And we needed to find a new, uh, a new normal. And from, from the engineering perspective, um, we, you know, as I was saying, uh, a communication needed to look different. Yeah, some team-run processes needed to look a little bit different. Um, there are some rules that we follow, like when you are on Zoom, turn on your video. And we also uh, learned if, you know, as a company of our size, uh, we experience problems as uh, as our our customers as well. So problems like when we are all in the office, we can guarantee you know a nice connection, a stable internet connection, a good coverage, a good speed, uh, and reachability of business critical applications. When we were moved home, you know, as I'm working in the basement or in my bedroom or a Starbucks around the corner whenever possible, the connection of my uh, network to business critical applications can be unpredictable. So what teams worked on um, for, and we, we, we learned that it's going to be useful for our customers, um, we shortly introduced, you know, the host metrics monitoring the Wi-Fi. Am I on VPN? Am I not on VPN? How is my Wi-Fi to join? Am I better to join as, you know, like on a wired connection? So details like this, visibility, uh, we ourselves learned a huge, um, got a big benefit out of it as we were navigating day to day. And our IT team was able to, uh, to solve users' problems really fast. But also we learned that our customers going through the same problems. And uh, that became UpNetas, you know, and we enabled IT teams uh, dramatically speed up uh, mean time to resolution by enabling these visibilities, user or device specific uh, metrics. How is your CPU doing? What's that process that's chewing up on the memory and, you know, maybe interfering with your Zoom application when you most need it? Uh, so visibility like this, um, has uh, definitely helped ourselves, but also our customers as um, as we moved through the through through the pandemic times and adjusted uh, through it. From oh yeah, I was just curious because I heard you mention VPNs in there, um, and when people are using a VPN on their private home office, does that interfere with your monitoring of their network? Because I know the whole. I mean, at least my understanding of VPNs, the whole point is to keep things more private for you. Yeah, so we can uh, we can monitor the, uh, whether connection going through the VPN or not. And what it gives IT is an area where to look for if there is a problem. So what we tell in like a single point of time, was a user connected through 
um, you know, public network or one of their local network, how is their uh, quality of Wi-Fi is performing if they're in one room or maybe as you move around. Does it change as user connects through the VPN or stays on a non-VPN connection? So visibility like this, we were able to uh, to provide and give a kind of even a historical view of how users' journey like throughout the day or throughout time has has changed. Okay, that makes sense. So I, I saw on your website something called CPE40. Can you explain to me what that is? Yes. So it's um. It's not necessarily the same angle as we're talking about the WFA metrics, WFA working from anywhere, as we say, like you are in your home or you are in a Starbucks. Um, but it does introduce a way for IT teams to easily gain visibility into other areas. So CP40 is uh, what we call customer premises equipment is effectively our enterprise-grade monitoring point that is container-based. So within, you know, under just 60 seconds, they can grab the container, deploy into one of the switches within remote offices and gain the visibility they, they were lacking before. So uh, with this new offering, what Avneta does is, again, it's all about making IT lives easier and, um, you just drop a monitoring point and start monitoring. And now you have uh, all the data, all the metrics to troubleshoot this, to learn about the system first, and then troubleshoot it timely without you know, undertaking a lot of time or architecturing or remapping maybe your network. Um, so that's our newest uh, addition to just offering. And again, it's all about making IT life easier and about faster or a very speedy uh, resolution of the problem. That's cool. And so since it's container-based, it's like pretty easy for the IT team to just flip it on and it's out there doing its job? Yeah, pretty much. You got it. That's cool. So what's what's generally the size of the companies that are customers of AppNeta? So we primarily work in ways we're targeting enterprise ca uh, size customers. So maybe user based around thousands, beyond thousands. Um, so that's that's our focus. Okay, because um, I, I was just curious because I was recently interviewing this guy named Matt, who's head of engineering at a security company called Vanta, um, mm -hmm. and he's passionate about like helping to get startups into security as early as possible, because obviously that's, you want to have security on the ground floor of everything you're doing. Um, yeah. and, um, I was just curious to get your perspective as someone who spends your time thinking about network monitoring at what point should a company start thinking about deploying a network monitoring solution? Um, like at what, what size is, is generally like when they start thinking about that? You know what? I think that look at us, the size of our company, we aren't big and we already uh, can see the benefits of having the monitoring. So I would say like you don't have to wait until you grow to enterprise level, you know, like employees, like thousands plus employees. Smaller companies like us can already benefit from having the visibility because we all have 
business critical applications. We all have employees, whether it's 10 people group, a 50 people group, a, I don't know, like 300 group, um, any size of a company or a, or a team having the visibility of how that last mile for uh, employee is looking is going to be beneficial, right? Um, because, you know, business are different, problems are different, but at the end of the day, ability to be connected and have access, a good access, uh, matters at any size. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's like totally mission critical. Um, Pretty so much. With a, with a lot of startups, um, there's like, and I'm sorry, I'm asking you about startups, you know, you just told me most of your customers are enterprise-based, but um, I, our company is a startup, so I, I tend to think about that a lot. And so we don't have an IT person. It's just uh, like our founder, if, if something's wrong, he's a software engineer of 17 years, so he'll fix it himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm curious is like, I know IT people are generally the users of your product, but does it have to be uh, used by like an IT professional or can it kind of be utilized by whoever's doing the IT job at a company? That's a good question. So I believe it right now uh, does uh, need to be IT professionals because there are, um, you know, there is a lot of data we provide there is different monitoring we provide and uh, being able to identify what what matters or kind of what is applicable um, uh, is important. So at the point where we are right now, it's it's mostly uh, targeting the, the teams, the IT dedicated teams. Um, so, yeah. That makes sense. So I, I actually I want to get into some leadership topics with you. Is that OK? Yeah, for sure. Cool. So um, I know you're in your VP of engineering role and you've probably kind of had to put a lot of thought into how to be successful there. Um, And I'm I'm curious, what are some traits that make a great VP of engineering? Yeah. So that's a great question you ask. Um, You know, at each level within the company, within our company, at least, uh, we want to ensure that we embrace company values. And for Apnenas, we we have we have them as TPT, transparency, performance, and trust. And these are our primary, you know, values that drive uh, most of our decisions or um, kind of steps, right? As uh, as we're talking about trust. Again, company of our size that serves serving enterprise customers, we have to trust each other and we have to be transparent with, with, it, with, it, with each other. What is happening within the teams? What is happening within the co- company uh, among our customers? We, we want to support each other's decisions and maybe sometimes give a benefit of doubt to, to those we work with. Um, but also keep an efficiency uh, top, top, of a, top of a mind, you know. So from there comes performance. Uh, I like to see at every project, see every project as a journey, you know, as an, and as leaders, our job is to ensure that our teams are set for success, that we have the right people with the right skills, 
at the right problem. We set the goals and define the timelines, date or so dates are so much important. And we ensure that we do our best to achieve and sometimes maybe even overachieve while keeping the, the bar, the quality bar um, high at all times. Uh, so, and also, you know, like us talking about the trades, one of the kind of goals for VP is able to solve problems of getting the project done, right? We want to be able to, to get the pro project efficiently and um, communicate clearly um, along, the, along the way. And what's also important, not just communicate, as we're talking to teams, for example, ensure that information has been heard. You know, it's one thing to say it out loud, but it's another to ensure that every person in a room or on a Zoom call um, has heard and understood what we're trying to do and what we need to do and how success is going to look like. And then as we go to transparency, you know, we all... We all work, we all learn, and unavoidably, we all make mistakes. And we admit that we made a mistake, and we learn from it. That's an important element. We want to learn from our mistakes and just move on. Or sometimes we just try again, uh, apply what we've learned, and hope for you know a little bit different outcome. So that's uh, a spirit of transparency as well. Uh, don't be afraid to, you know, Admit your mistake, but make sure that you learn from it. No, don't just uh, make it and move along, as uh, for example. And another um, kind of final element is I'm true believer into of uh, teamwork. You know, I believe it takes a village. You know, as they say, and the same applicable to our teams. It's it's a reason we have teams. And so many things we can do when teams come together and ensuring that there is a great team culture, you know, that people can speak up and people really embrace the challenge and not afraid to, you know, roll up the sleeves and really try and uh, move along is important. And that's one of the traits of a good leader to ensure that there is a, a great team environment, whether it's, they, some call it safe space or you know, it's just like pleasant to come back to work, to join that Zoom meeting, as we don't necessarily come into work these days. Um, but it's all about the team, you know. So that would probably sum it up uh, as a start. So as a VP of engineering, what are some things that because uh, we have a lot of CTOs that listen to the podcast. And so what are what are some things that the CTO can do to make your job easier? Yeah, so, you know, there is a stake going, hire smart people and get out of their way, uh, but support them when they ask for help. <laughs> so that's pretty much what worked for me throughout all my previous journeys and, you know, all the uh, different uh, challenges. So. Ensuring that there is a problem that needs to be solved, that the problem is interesting, maybe challenging, um, that is also impactful to the customers or the business or even maybe industry. Um, ensure there is a trust between us and open communication. Uh, candid feedback, as, as I said before, 
we all make mistakes and we all want to learn from them. And how you learn from feedback to some extent, right? So having feedback is a very, very much important ingredient in, in a successful relationship between, you know, CTO or VP or maybe one mentor and another kind of mentee. And times I I also needed a soundboard as simple as that, you know, either to bind, bounce ideas off or just simply talk through the process uh, in details, whether we designing or planning a big um, migration uh, or a data center migration or whether we were working on some other project where there are so many moving parts and we all want to make sure that we just kind of saw through all it, um, all of them. So, which makes it a good listener, right? So, whether any kind of a mentor, being a good listener and just listen and, and being able to hear and ask the right question is um, what is what's been kind of extremely extremely useful for me uh, previously, and, and still actually is very useful for me. That's awesome. So what's some really good advice that you've had from a mentor that has stuck with you to today that that's really helped you in your career? You got it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's probably it. Um, It's probably more motivational, uh, but I think ensuring that, you know, like we don't lose hope or don't kind of drill into self-doubt is uh, that's, that's, that's the most recent that pops to my mind uh, right now. Yeah, and that... especially as you, you can think, like when I was taken on the VP journey, uh, that was a very kind of big step and a lot of unknowns. So a little bit of kind of support and motivation went a long way. Yeah, I totally agreed there because I was actually just kind of reflecting today on how when I first started here, my job was very much, I had these tasks that I was told I, I need to get these tasks done and I would do them. Um, and that was mm-hmm. my job. And very slowly in, in a way that I didn't really notice it happening, my job transformed into figure out what needs to get done for the company and get it done. And mm-hmm. um, something that really helped me along that journey was sometimes when I would ask um, my CEO, Joel, for some feedback on something, I'd be like, hey, I got this email from a client. Uh, what what do you want me to reply to them? And he'd be like, I don't know. Why are you asking me? What what do you think you should reply to them? And, um, you know, figure it out. And, and yeah. that kind of logic just kind of made its way into the rest of my day to day. And um, yeah, so I think you got it is absolutely some some of the best advice you can get because i mean not only is it's like helping you have the confidence to do what you need to do but remind of like a reminder that it's up to you to figure out what needs to get done and excel yeah because um you know we got where we got for reasons and by the times we we might forget uh, all the fantastic achievements, like even for yourself, um, people trust. Again, I was saying before, like people trust in you and uh, really want you to succeed. So sometimes it just takes takes it to step back 
and let you figure out or like let me figure out us to figure it out um and then do it again and do it again and again right <laughs> so i yeah. made a mental note earlier in the interview when you mentioned something about hiring is it, it was when i asked you why you stay there and you said people ask you that in interviews and yeah. that reminded me of something that i've had some struggles with in my career that i wanted to ask you about so when i first had to hire someone i didn't really know what to do and my boss was like yeah just start interviewing people and i tried to like look online for some resources and when you try to look up resources for interviewing obviously yeah. all the results are going to be for interviewing as a candidate because there's a lot more people that that do that and need help there and it was hard to find resources for what to do as the hiring manager um and I'm, I'm just curious do you have any advice for for people that are just starting to have to hire people for the first time yeah that's a good question and even right now it like this questions come to my mind you need to understand what what are you looking for Right, because we don't just go out there hiring for without the reason. So we either expanding the teams, that means there are certain skills that we're looking for, or maybe there is a replacement uh, that we're looking for. In either case, understanding who are you looking for is probably the first step. And then from there, figuring out what is absolutely important for you and what what are the areas where maybe you can, you know, learn uh, or like candidates can learn? There are certain skills or traits that aren't teachable. Um, attitude, cultural fit. Uh, those are uh, desire to learn, for example, or even a motivation to, you know, join and really work along the people. So those are things we, we usually look for uh, in people and trying to assess as they want to join us and really help us to succeed. Um, and then it depends on the situation, whether the skills need to be there or the skills can be learned. And if there are certain skills that must have, like you know that in order to, you know, join the team and get going, you have to have like this set of skills. So you look for them and you look for them by asking questions, what, what we find is always reflecting on what you've done, you've done before versus what in theory you would do if you were in that position is a good, good start. You know, we, we might, maybe we will ask if it's a problem solving question. So just give us an example, how you solved the problem before, like whether it was technical issue problem or uh, more a soft skill type of a problem. So we always try and reflect on the previous uh, experiences because that shows that you aren't just, you know, dreaming how you would behave in a certain situation, but you really live through the situation. And again, you just talk to people. It's, it's interesting how some interviews, um, so some interviews I had, conversation just flows. You know, you just go there and it's a conversation. So those interviews are fantastic interviews. And the people we've hired um, with whom we had a conversation uh, turned out to be fantastic people. And then there's a different type of an interview. 
I ask you a question, you give me a brief answer. So those are a little bit tricky, but it also tells you that it just doesn't flow, you know. Um, and then you start seeing, well, maybe, you know, like you're not on the same page or um, they don't quite get what you're asking. It depends, like different, different reasons. Uh, but those types of interviews aren't usually as successful as, uh, you know, where you have a conversation. And again, like it just comes down what is must have, what is a nice have, as simple as that. And just you try to figure out how can you probe or find out what a person has, uh, has this particular must have. Uh, it always really good to uh, see whether people are able to learn. Again, it can be drawn from previous examples or by how many hobbies they have or are they really interested in a certain topic, for example. Um, again, like different people might require different, different interviews might require a little bit different approach. Uh, but, you know, once you know who you're looking for, what is must have for you, what can be taught later, usually you can, uh, you can find the person really quick. That's awesome advice. Thank you so much. As you were talking, I was trying to formulate like follow-up questions and you just kept answering them as you were going. <laughs> so, <Good. laughs> um, but anyway, before we wrap up, I want to make sure to give Abneta a good clear shout out here. So what is the problem that IT teams are encountering that makes them want to come to Abneta? Good question. So. What we do a little again, we uh, we give visibility into uh, end user experience of applications or business critical um, application performance. So what we help teams is identify problem and solve it fast. So effectively, this is what IT teams would come uh, come for us for come with for for our solution. Um, you know. Give, get eyes and get visibilities into end user, you know, laptops, workstations, maybe remote offices, um, have data and continuous data, monitoring data. We collect the data every minute and we store it in, you know, like all, all, all fantastic um, data stores. And we identify the problem and actually can give the, the insight to where you need to look in order to uh, to resolve it quickly. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.